What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thanks for coming back to part two of the two-part series of The Wall Redux. Oh, Again, my goodness. brought to you by Magnetic Eye. Brian, it's been so long since I've seen you. Yes. So, Clint, again, we don't care about each other. We just want to no, get to these I don't care anything about you. I, I'm more interested in Mars Red Sky's cover of Comfortably Numb that you're hearing right now. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's good. It's, uh, it is... Uh, it's comfortably numb. It's yeah. done by somebody else, and it's good. What more can you ask for? <laughs> and again, if you're only hearing this one, there is one episode before this. This is part two of two. Yes. So, no further ado. Again, not going to waste a lot of your time. Let's hear from interesting people. All right. Ready, set, go. All right, we got Jason from ASG on the line. How you doing, Jason? Good guys. How are we doing on this fun Saturday? We're day, we're day drinking. Day drinking. <laughs> there you go. That's Fueled by good. granola bars, beer, and shortly Jimmy John's. There you go. But uh, you so go. yeah, let's let's. Uh, what song did you do, and you know how did you go about this whole uh, Pink Floyd Redux thing? They contacted us. I'm not sure how far along they were in the planning, and I think they maybe sent us a handful of songs that were still available um and for no real particular reason than other a general love of the song and maybe a real quick thought of maybe we could do this we we, we uh honed in on mother by the and, way uh, my favorite track i just had to put that i think i'm think i'm confirming that's my favorite one yeah it's, a, it's a hopefully hard to screw that one up you know <laughs> uh but uh we were gonna record ourselves for our latest record that came out this year, and so we knew we could kind of include that, hopefully, in the same studio time. So kind of, you know, it made sense in the timing, you know? Cool. Um, I'd be remiss to not ask, who plays the ukulele in there? It's actually a, a mandolin, and uh, I, uh, I've had it for a while. I'm not, you know, I'm a, a novice at best at it, but learned the chords and thought you know we were out and recording and we were in texas in a place called the sonic ranch which is just in the middle of nowhere it's like 60 miles east of el paso just in the desert like right on the mexico u.s border literally it's crazy like in the middle of nowhere and i don't know there's a little bit of spaghetti western country western vibe going on out there so the mandolin snuck in there and (laughs) a little guitar tremolo But obviously, for the most part, we stuck stuck uh, stuck true to the original. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, there's only a couple songs on this that seem to do that, and they are, I guess, the way to say it would be they are wisely chosen in the songs that are that do do that. That you know, you guys. Well, yeah, you, you know, you do. You get a chance to do a cover. You know, there's the options of what well, if we turn this thing on its head, and you know completely detour from the original and we kind of thought about that for a minute but it you know or maybe played with that but it, it kind of started to sound like danzig's version of mother you know like, <laughs> that's a bad thing but like in this context what work and i was like let's just stick stick to uh it's such a simple song you know there's certainly things you could do but in the end we chose to you know pretty stay pretty true and at the same time, absolutely fucking killed it. That is, it's just great. 
I appreciate it. We had fun with it, you know? Yeah. Um, out of curiosity, what, uh, what were the other options there? Oh, man. You <laughs> might have me stumped on that. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no way you remember uh, that. Because uh, this was, we actually recorded this a year ago this past September. Oh, wow. So this was probably a 16th month. I can't remember if there were any, like, I think we were pretty, like, maybe whatever the initial email was with, hey, there's these four songs. I think I just went mother pretty directly, you know? Right. So um, from start to finish, you get the song, you know you're going to do mother. I'm sure there was, you know, you said you were recording an album, so there's other stuff in between. How long do you think it, it took you to, to recreate this? Uh, it was a pretty, I think we did a, a sort of real brief demo right before we flew out to Texas, like, you know, just in the band room, kind of like, so I had a ballpark idea, like what we could do, you know, what we could pull off. And the, the trick was trying to do the, both of their voices, which is what, you know, is really appealing about that song. You've kind of got Roger Waters starting off in his real, you know, you know, really British low register voice and then david gilmore kind of takes it to a different place you know when he chimes in and so there was that like how am i how how can i try to pull off both of their voices um and then of course there's the real tasty gilmore solo and <laughs> with jonah and i both being you know guitarists and longtime floyd fans we're like well we both want to do this solo <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we harmonize it you know ah. just to kind of throw it you know a little differently, you know, but those right. were the two, two things. And they sounded pretty good on the demo. So we were like, all right, let's go this route. You know? Nice. And you say that you guys are, the, is that the whole band's longtime big Floyd fans? I can't, yeah, I can't speak for maybe all of us, but definitely I would say 75% of us for <laughs> sure were long time, but I would say currently, yes, everyone within the last, with the latter halves of our lives. <laughs> right um now that we're into adult but yeah like it was a childhood <laughs> thing for me like that was one of the very first you know maybe elementary like fifth or sixth grade seventh grade when i first kind of started to get into music and had some friends and older brothers that were saying you guys need to listen to this check this out that kind of thing that uh they were uh kind of a gateway drug for me too way back in you know like elementary yeah school. it was like you know, it's classic rock that your dad might have been listening to around yeah, the house. Exactly. Still a little bit different, a little weirder, you know. Like, well, you know, right? The like, movie helped on with these guys, you know. <laughs> the movie helped too, getting everyone into that that album there. Um, but uh, you know, you mentioned that you were in the studio. Obviously, "Survive Sunrise" came out what, like June? I think it was May or something like that, or June. Somewhere around remember, there. Yeah. You guys have already right. toured once for it. Is there anything else coming up with ASG that... Uh, currently, nothing's in the works. Uh, maybe a couple more touring options. But yeah, like usually, uh, just based on work schedules, how everybody operates with their normal day-to-day -day lives, the winter is a better time to start, you know, potentially per uh, pursuing new ideas again. So usually in the winter times when we start hatching out some new stuff so i reckon that'll happen again as as december january approach nice whether it's so yeah whether it's more tours or more music we hell we're certainly looking forward to it cheers appreciate it yeah you need to get out of town for a little while you know right <laughs> um what made you you guys are south carolina boys right 
Uh, North Carolina. South Carolina is Georgia's like ugly cousin. We would call it North, we would call it North Georgia if we could. Okay. Sorry, South Carolinians. <laughs> no, yeah, we're we're from uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, home with some other bands like Weed Eater and Sour Vane and uh, to name a few. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, cool little coastal community kind of thing, small town, college town, nice kind of deal. What uh what made you decide to go out to Texas to record uh Survive Sunrise? Well we we've always uh for the last I don't know, three, four records we've worked with this guy uh producer Matt Hyde. And we just he's out he lives out in uh California, but um he just called me. I guess he was working with another band at the Sonic Ranch in Texas and he was like, Man, because we were originally just gonna plan to go out to California and do it and he was like, Man, there's this killer studio. You'll love it. You know, it's in the middle of nowhere, but it's like a little oasis. You know, you can, you have 24-hour access to the studio, so we can just crack out and work all night. Um, it's, like, all-inclusive, so you were fed, <laughs> killer food, nice. and there's all these, like, what used to be Border Patrol um, houses, like, in the 60s and 70s. They've turned them into studios and living quarters. And, like, literally, you're in the middle of the desert, and you, like, take a break outside of the studio, and, like, Border Patrol cars are cruising around on this like pecan farm it's crazy like wow so the vibe was vibe was real cool and like you had no choice but to work so we were just pulling like 18 hour days you know just round the clock the best 18 hour days you could have I right think. yeah you know who wants to sing and play all we day? were only there for eight days and probably did 14 songs or something crazy something ridiculous so but it was a good time <laughs> that that means that what like two of them didn't make the record? I can't. Was there eleven or twelve? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I'm, I can't remember either. I guess we did. <laughs> I don't. Even, I think there's twelve on the record, and then Mother would have been thirteen. Okay. Gotcha. I think, but I'm old. You know, I'm getting old now. I can't remember <laughs> each shot. <laughs> <laughs> Rowing in the same boat, did. man. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. Like, you know, we uh, the intention was to keep this kind of quick and to the point, and. No worries, guys. But we we appreciate your time and uh, look forward to talking to you further down the line. Probably more ASG related stuff, hopefully. And uh, cheers, sounds good. Yeah. Until then, take it easy. Bye bye. All right, guys. Enjoy your Saturday. Thanks, man. Bye. All right, we got John and Amy on the line from Year of the Cobra. How are you, how are you, lady and gentlemen, doing? We're good. We're good, man. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, tell everybody what song you did off this uh, The Wall Redux, and uh, let's get this thing going. Uh, for The Wall Redux, we actually did um, a song that's not on the album. It's in the movie. It's the first song in the movie called When the Tigers Broke Free. And then we also did um, Have a Cigar on the... Um, on the other album, the best of album. Okay, well, uh, so did, did you? Did, did are you were the ones that got to pick, or were you were you handed the song? But we were handed the song. Okay, yeah. I mean, we picked half a cigar. Yeah, <laughs> we were handed when the when the tigers broke free. As a two piece, half a cigar had to be uh, challenging to work out. Yeah, I mean, it was super fun. 
you know, um, we, 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 you know, our process was basically just kind of going through a bunch of um, Pink Floyd songs and seeing, like, you know, just what different ideas that we had. There were a lot of bands that were throwing out songs that they wanted to do, so we knew that we had to put in a few songs in the hat. Um, so I think we gave them a few options, and that was the one that they said that we could do. We well, were really stoked with it. Yeah, that, and, you know, it, it works out because, you know, as a bass player and a drummer, that, that song's almost all bass line, so... Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um we, you know I guess we should ask just for the fun of it, what were the so- what were the other songs that were options? Oh, I can't remember. What song? I know I wanted to do Oh my gosh, I can't remember. What was that song I wanted to do a punk rock version of? It was a uh, oh, I can't I can't remember. I have to look at the list. You should do that I anyway. A great <laughs> idea for like a one minute punk rock version of a Pink Floyd song, but somebody else already took it. So <laughs> that's <laughs> do it. I was so bummed. That's uh, uh, we, uh recorded these songs uh probably a year and a half ago at this point. So when we were talking to Jad and Magnetic Eye about the songs, it's almost two years yeah, ago. Two years ago. This yeah, point. it's a lot of songs ago. That's uh, yeah, but you know, it seems like it's all worked out pretty well. Like I said, I I really enjoy you guys' version of when the Tigers broke free. That's always been a song that you know, as you noted, isn't actually on the uh, the album, but it's just on the movie, and yeah, right. It fits damn perfectly with what's going on with this Redux thing. I, I'm glad that it got included. So you guys are, uh, I guess, enough about that. Well, you know what? We should ask if you know how much of an influence Floyd was on you guys. Oh, Pink Floyd was a huge influence. It's one of those bands that, like, I don't know, it's just one of those iconic bands that really, I don't know. I think I feel like it touches everybody, at least everybody that I know, um, yeah, in some way. I think at one point in your life, you definitely go through a Pink Floyd phase. You know, phase and, That's a great uh, phase. Yeah, I mean they're super influential for a lot of people. It's it's been like a thirty six year phase for me. It, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. But anyways, you know enough about them, I suppose. What does Year of the Cobra have going on? Uh, we are kind of in the middle of a tour right now. We've already gone. We've done seven days, and we have about two more weeks, I think, to go. So last night we played Toronto, and um, we're on our way to Duet City, Connecticut. For a show tonight, and then I think we go back to, into Canada <laughs> tomorrow, <laughs> into Ottawa, <laughs> and then I, we're kind of ping ponging all over the place. I think after that we have a couple of short drives, and this, and then we're playing a big festival in um, Brooklyn called Prophecy Fest, which is our new label on November third. Uh, what is it again? Prophecy Fest. Ah, um, Prophecy our Fest. new label, which is Prophecy uh, Prophecy Productions, is putting on their first U.S. festival. They do an annual one um, in Germany. I think they've been doing it for, I don't know, a really long time. 20 years. Like 20 years in Germany. And they just uh, opened up an office in Los Angeles. Um, and they're putting on their first festival in Brooklyn. Nice. That sounds, uh, yeah, hell, that sounds like a lot of fun. And you guys have a, a whole bunch of tour dates smattered in between uh, here and there. This, You guys are based in the state of Washington. So I assume this all started out west. Oh, yeah. This started, we're all the way, I mean, we're like at the furthest point possible <laughs> that we could get, if, you know, the, other than Alaska. <laughs> you know, all the way in Seattle, we're like, you know, we can dip our toes in the Pacific waters there, and then we just drove straight east. So it was a little crazy. Nice. How's it going so far? The shows have been remarkable. I mean, it's been great. Like, you know, the great part about it is we're hitting cities that we've been to before, but then we're hitting a lot of cities that we've never been to before, which is really fun, like Toronto and Ottawa, Duet City. You know, we're going into, I think, like Providence, 
So I'm, I'm really excited to kind of be back on the East Coast. The last time we were here was about two years ago, I think, or two and a half years ago. So it's been a while. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming a lot of good responses from the fans. Yeah, yeah. It's been great. It's been really great. And then we've seen, you know, a lot of people will run into and they'll see us in a completely different city in a completely different state. Like, oh, yeah, last time I saw you, I was in, you know, Texas. And, you know, we're in, you know, Illinois or something. It's crazy. It's amazing how people get around. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so you just apparently just signed with Prophecy Records. Yeah. Does that mean that there's another album coming soon? Yeah, we've been writing it. Um, we're playing actually two songs off a new album, at least two songs on, on this tour. Um, and then we have about five written right now. And uh, we're working on uh, a few more. So we're going to kind of, as soon as we get home, we're, we're going to like stay home and keep our heads low and just start, you know, really kind of banging out the songs and getting them ready. We plan on going in to record in April with Jack and Dino. That's awesome. You got a target date for release? Uh, yeah, Proxy wants the record to come out in September. Um, they want to give it enough time so they can do proper marketing and push the record and so we can play some festivals over in Europe around it around that time as well. Well, uh, shit, we're going to have to get in touch with Prophecy so that we can make sure that we're talking with you guys again come record promoting time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, we can, we can help you get in touch with those guys for sure. That'd be freaking awesome. Um Look, I'm sure you've been asked this in every damn interview you've done, but we haven't heard any of those interviews, so we're going to ask it again. <laughs> the whole husband-wife thing, that seems like it's got some really high positives and some really low negatives. <laughs> How's that working yeah. out for you? Yeah, people do ask that. Uh, you know, um, there's not too many negatives. Uh, oh, he's answering, too. That's We've, we've kind of figured it out, you know. Um, we kind of feel fortunate. We kind of get to do these things together. Um, we've gotten really efficient with songwriting and each other's roles, and we kind of complement complement each other. And you know, when one person's not good at one thing, the other is. So it's, it's kind of like a great team, you know. And we're also, you know, it took us a little while to figure it out, but you know, we we can check our emotions at the door. You know, like if we have a bad day, we have to put it aside and and you know, focus on the band. Like you know, like we're band members, not like we're husband and wife. That seems like it would be an easier said than done thing. Do you ever secretly write lyrics about each other? <laughs> <laughs> passive ag passive aggressive lyrics like he didn't no. put the toilet seat down that something. <laughs> what are you talking about? Of course not. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um but uh no. <laughs> um so as a two piece, you know, you guys, it, was it has it always been a two piece? Was there ever any, you know, consideration to some asshole guitar player? I say to the asshole guitar player to my left. For sure. When, uh, when we first started the band, we had every intention of being a three piece and finding a guitar player. Um, but when we started the band, we had, we were relatively new to Seattle. We didn't know many people up there. Um, so we just started writing songs and started rehearsing, and we we're kind of like, you know what? is kind of fun and challenging and i think we would mess it up if we brought you know another element into the band uh that being said would we do it down the line maybe but i doubt it but who knows you know i uh i really enjoy the sound i i you know obviously it's not my place to say or anything but i hope you stick it out like this because i i love it amy i assume this has made you you know kind of double down on your bass playing it's not like you're not 
a fucking excellent bass player to start with, but shouldering that whole damn rhythm load, that's that's a lot. And singing. Yeah. Thank you. And singing, yeah. That, that's <laughs> crazy. Um, it's pretty fun. I bet. But, uh, you know, like I said, we don't, uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm sure you got a lot of fun driving. Where are you headed to? You say you're headed to Connecticut, Connecticut. tonight? Yeah, uh, Jewett City, Connecticut. Yeah, we're about two and a half hours away right now. That, uh, man, that's a lot of driving. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, yeah. just the spouses on the road. On the road. <laughs> All right, well, be safe out there. Um, have fun. And uh, we appreciate you taking a couple minutes to talk with us about all this, and we genuinely hope to talk with you more down the line. Yeah, hey, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, thinking of us and chatting with us. We appreciate it. Good luck tonight, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Andy from the Slim Kings. Andy, tell us about yes. uh, your song here and you know all the Floyd things. Yes, yeah, so uh, Young Lust off of the Wall, which was which was a cool one. It was is a deep cut. I mean, obviously everybody loves that record, um, but Young Lust was an interesting one. It was real fun to dig in, especially as a trio. I feel like it fit the sound of the band really well, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. We did our own thing with it. You know, had some fun. There was some different influences. Um, I dug it. I dug playing it. What'd you guys think? Yeah, dude, it, you guys definitely put your own spin on it. It's very like the word that always comes to mind for me when I'm listening to it is it's very chill. Okay, cool. It uh, it, it's it's awful. It's really laid back. I, I dig it. Well, yeah, I mean, with the, with that song, you know, it was like certain songs you got to be. When you're doing a cover, you know, you got to be really true to the original. And I mean, you always want to pay respects no matter what you're doing. But with that one, we felt like we could kind of, you know, put a little bit of our own take on it and not, you know, have to like nail it like we were doing like, you know, to, to like uh, a big single or anything like that. So it was fun. We had a little bit of P-Funk influence in there. little, you know, you could hear some of the funky bass. It was, yeah, it sounds it like you fun. have some fun there at the end of the song. Exactly. Yeah. Cool, man. I'm glad you caught it. It's uh, most. Are, I actually own basses as well. I'm not going to go so far as to call myself a bass player, but I, <laughs> cool. I noodle around nice. here and there. So, where'd you guys start? Where'd you, you know, guitars, drums? Where, where where'd you start in the whole biting off this chunk? So, um, you know, we got the the track. You know, we we it was selected for us. I think based on our style, and, and we're a trio. So I don't, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with our drummer, Liberty. DeVito. Hard to not be. He was in, uh, you know, Billy Joel's band for 30 years. He's on all those records. And uh, he's kind of the the wise leader in the group. And myself on bass and Michael Sackler Burner, guitarist and singer. So we really just kind of tackled it all together. And, you know, I'm kind of, I'm the guy in the group who kind of like likes to write charts and stuff like that. So I was getting into it. Because there's a, there's a few licks in that song, you know, that they have and, and a few hits, certain very specific things, especially in the bridge that I really wanted to catch. But I remember coming into the studio with this whole chart written out and they were just like, 
all right, cool, but let's do it like Slim King style. And our producer at the time, Joel Hamilton at Studio G in Brooklyn, he he was kind of feeling the same thing that we should kind of really it would it would suit the song better to kind of just see what happens. So there wasn't there wasn't an over planning, but we still caught like some of the main licks and the intro and the bridge stayed true to the chord progression in the bridge and all that. So, yeah, we, we kind of just hit it like the way a rock band would and didn't try to overthink it. And nailed it. Like I said, it, it's, it's definitely got you guys' influence shining through. Do you, cool. So do you, are you guys, you guys been Floyd fans or? I mean, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's hard to grow up playing an instrument like, you know, in a rock band without being a Floyd fan, you know. Um, I remember listening to, you know, that record, The Wall and Dark Side of the Moon, my friends, you know, hitting a bong or whatever, you know, <laughs> and, and just kind of listen, <laughs> listening down to those records for the first time. Uh, I remember actually, you know, my friend in my first band, not the Slim Kings, but... Uh, we had this little headphone box set up and I remember uh, we were listening to dark side of the moon with this red light bulb. And, you know, we were like 15 or 16 and my friend's dad came down into the basement and we, we thought we were going to be in so much trouble because we were kind of, you know, having a good time. And he just looked at us and he's like, what are you guys doing? We're like, nothing listening to Floyd. And he's like, man, you guys are burnt. <laughs> that, that, and we, but we didn't get in trouble, so it was kind of cool. I think because we were listening to Floyd, he was like, all right, I get it. I, I, I've been there. I'll yeah. allow this. Gave you a pass. So, yeah, so it, it was cool. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I always love that stuff. And, you know, they, they're like the pioneers of that whole kind of ethereal, uh, I don't want to say just psychedelic, but that kind of ethereal sound in, in rock and roll that's still kind of going on today. I think, you know, you can't, you can't not give it up to Floyd. Yeah. You'd have a hard time finding people to mm -hmm. argue that. Um, so, you know, uh, enough about them. Let's talk about you guys. How did, uh, how did you guys end up hooked up with Liberty? How did Slim King come about? So, um, Michael Sackler, Burner, um, and Liberty, he, he actually just kind of called Liberty one day because he was like, this is one of my favorite drummers. And, uh, and Liberty listened to the stuff and they wanted to make a record together or actually Michael just wanted to play on one of his records, but Liberty's, you know, he's, he's a music lover. So he didn't just show up for the gig. He really, you know, he really got into the music and they decided to kind of start a band. So they started a band with like some ringers and stuff and they made a record. And when it was time to go on the road with that material, that's when they called me and I just got the call off a recommendation. And I was like, Hell yeah. Right. Great. Like, of course I'll be in your band. <laughs> and that was about four or five years ago at this point. So it sounds like it's working out. All right. Yeah, man. It's, it's a blast playing, you know, the music's good in and of itself. And obviously playing with Liberty as a bass player, playing with a drummer like that, it's just something that co constantly makes you, you know, better all the time in, in a playing sense. And just, kind of a talking sense and riding in the band and hearing the stories, you know, that's, that's great for any, any musician. Right. That I doesn't, you know, I, uh, I don't mean to stumble and stutter, but I hadn't even thought about that until you started saying it. That would be pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great experience. It's like, it's like being in a master class for every gig, 
in every studio session. I mean, we're, we're in the studio right now. Not right. Well, we're doing a gig in Chicago tonight, but we've been making a record for the past two weeks. And again, the whole time, you know, it's like getting that getting that point of view from somebody who's been through it all like that is, you know, super valuable. Like you can't really it's kind of hard to describe. Yeah, you can't fake that. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, tell us about that. What's what's coming up with the album? What uh, how's that coming along? So we're making a record uh, at this place called Diamond Mine in uh, Long Island City, Queens. And it's being produced by great bass player Nick Mobshin. He was, you know, in the whole Daptone family. So they made all those Amy Winehouse records and Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings and Nancy Ballas. So it's got that vibe we're using. We're doing the whole thing to tape. There's not a computer on during any of the sessions. I love it. So, so everything's a full take, which is, you know, really challenging. But the sounds are, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, float my own boat, but uh, the sounds coming out of there are, you know, the sounds I've always wanted to hear since I started playing, you know, those vintage sounds that are the real deal and not some kind of plug in trying to replicate it, you know. Right. That, that's awesome, dude. It seems like there's a little bit of a resurgence with the whole playing it live to record uh, analog type stuff. Say again, sir. I said it seems like that there's been kind of a resurgence with playing live to record and the analog and all that stuff here lately. Yeah, for sure. I mean, any you know, not anybody, but most people go in, you know, you're copying and pasting. If you make a mistake and everything's to a click, so everything's very standard. And, and that's cool. I make a lot of records like that. I, I do a lot of like hip hop sessions on the side, but it's really a, it's an experience to do it all as a real band sitting in a room playing the songs down, you know? Yeah, it's, it's got to be rewarding to get through a song and know that you, you nailed it and that thing's on tape. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The, the, payoff is, the payoff is huge, especially when it's coming after, like, take 17. Right. You know, and you didn't think you had one more in you, but that ends up being the one. That ended up being the right one. Yeah, so, uh, dude, that's cool. We're, we're, you guys got a target date for a release there? Uh, no, I mean, literally, we just came out of the studio, um, like, yesterday. So, you know basic tracking is is all done we're kind of in the overdub process so no release date yet but you know we'll, we'll be we'll be letting people know about it that's that's freaking awesome man we are looking forward to it uh you say you're playing chicago tonight i think i actually saw a uh a fun post on instagram with you guys about that i think yeah was... yeah we're, we're we're doing an event um it's like a get out and vote event um, oh, cool! You know, with the uh, with some of the crew from the Chicago TV shows, it's like Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, all that stuff. So it's it's going to be a big, uh, big fun party. I think there's going to be some Halloween spooky themes, <laughs> that sounds kind like, of thing. Sounds like a terrible know, so Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that's awesome. You guys got uh, you guys just sticking to um, recording. Jesus, I forgot the word for a second there. Or are there going to be some more dates interspersed while you guys? finish that yeah, up we got some dates coming up we got we definitely got some dates actually we're playing city winery um in i think late november in new york that's going to be a cool show and that's that's a good one for some people to come out to so i think that's november 20 something got to go on the website check it out slimkings.com instagram facebook slim kings all that perfect there you go man that, you know how to wrap up a show no better way to wrap this up <laughs> than not, that man nailed bad, it right all right <laughs> cool well yeah we we appreciate you taking a couple minutes of your time to talk with us on a, a random saturday about all this and uh for sure 
Yeah, looking forward to doing it again sometime, and hopefully, hopefully, you guys end up coming through Columbus. We'd love to see you. Yeah. Absolutely, man. We'd love to. We'd love to come anywhere that'll have us, man. Well, good luck tonight, Andy, and uh, we'll talk right. to you soon. Hey, appreciate you guys. Thanks, Bye-bye. man. All right, take care. Is there anybody out there? Is there anybody out there? Is there anybody out there? And we now have the Scott Reader on the phone. Yes, that Scott Reader. Uh, well, one of many Scott Readers. <laughs> but the only one Clint cares about. The the one that I actually give a shit about is on the phone here with us. Uh, Scott, tell yeah. us about your song on this, The Wall Redux, and uh, you know Pink Floyd's influence on you and fun stuff like that. Oh, I feel lucky to be on this thing. It's a... It's a crazy bunch of bands i don't know if you've heard the whole thing yet um i got a copy recently when they sent me a stack of vinyl to sign and i didn't know how i was going to feel with people going too far away from the originals you know because it's my most highly revered album of all time is pink floyd the wall and i love it from start to finish i i love what everybody did some takes are sticking pretty close to the original and and some of them are way out there and it's it's awesome to hear how everybody interpreted this thing now we're playing you in with your version of is there anybody out there how did you go about that um there's not much to that song it's such a weird little interlude piece i mean basically you've got the question being asked three times and then (laughs) you can't mess with that guitar line That, that was one of the first guitar lines I learned on acoustic guitar a long time ago. Um, and it was pretty tricky playing that thing. I was developing trigger finger. My my ring finger on my fretting hand was sticking. Oh, man. So every take got worse and worse. Oh. And I, I managed to piece it together. But I, I finally had an operation on this hand just last week. And so I'd like to redo it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but... Uh. Um, We'll put a pin in the operation thing and come back to that here in just a couple minutes. Um, okay. To answer your original question directly, we have heard the album and uh, thoroughly enjoy it so much more than I was apprehensive about it as well going into it because it, it, yep. it's the wall. It is a big deal. Yeah. And yeah, no, everybody seems to have just nailed it. Uh, you know, if I go on any further, I'm literally just going to regurgitate what you just said. Um, oh man, comfortably numb. That was the one I was worried about the most. Yes. Like, who got to do comfortably <laughs> numb? And they tore it up. It, it's so heavy. It, it's great. Um, yeah, I, I was lucky to be on side three. I mean, side three just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, there's a, a there's there's a nice little run there where it's you're really mellow. Is there anybody out there? And then Lanigan's his song, and then uh, Ruby the Hatchet. And with Vera, it's just a it's just a fun run there of really great vocals. So you know, were they a big influence on you all the way? Oh, they've been 
my favorite band since The Wall came out, uh, which was, what, 1979? Yeah. In, in one of my interviews, I said, gosh, it's been almost out 30 years. Um, I realized, nope, it's been almost 40 years. It's crazy. It's like a fine uh, wine. It's I just... think I was in eighth grade, probably around that point. And I, I had it on eight track. I don't know if you remember the eight track cartridges. Oh, yeah. We do. Oh man. It, it would like fade out real fast and then click to the next track and fade in real quick in right in the middle of a song. <laughs> but the sound quality was so great. And I didn't realize when I was a kid that if you played it nonstop, it would wear out the tape. Uh, I would leave it playing in the headphones when I went to school and I'd be sitting in class imagining being back in my room with the lights low and listening to those headphones. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, uh, it, it's a, you say that they're your favorite? Did you get to, man, then that, that adds just a little bit more weight on all this. Did you get to pick your song? No, I, I was probably the last one added. I, when I heard about it, I contacted Mike and I was like, dude, <laughs> I have so much Pink Floyd damage. And at that point, there wasn't an opening, you know, and they they contacted me a few months later and, and said, hey, if you want to do this piece, go for it. I, and, uh, oh, yeah. So I, I feel really lucky to have been included. It, it, it's really fun to be a part of this thing. Yeah, it's really fucking cool. And like you said, there's not a ton that you can do with that song, but I was talking with Brian about this just an hour ago. The one kind of standout thing you did with it was the little whoo thing oh the, the vocals instead of a like a backwards guitar feedback right. or whatever they, <laughs> that's yeah a, it, it, there was hardly any singing on it just that that ooze into the guitar thing um so yeah i added a few little vocal things and mainly that the ambience i mean on the record and you know you see it in the movies in a desolate motel room next to the highway and just right. you can hear the cars going by and there's a baby crying at the end. And, and uh, with the, I, I think when I started recording it, it was right after the Las Vegas shooting. Oh, no shit. And gun violence was like the hot topic. And I was outside one night with the dogs and there were gunshots in the distance. And I, I just recorded it on my phone real quick and I had Rocky next to me. He was crying hearing these gunshots. And then our great Pyrenees, um, Harry was off in the distance barking. And then I did a recording of my Chihuahua scooter barking at the end. That was kind of like the ode to the, the baby crying at the end. <laughs> and I, I yelled, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and and all, the, all the dogs cut. <laughs> That's excellent, man. Um, so it's just me and my dogs. <laughs> that's you know. Sometimes you gotta wonder what more does a man need. Yeah, that's uh, that's an excellent story. Uh, so, outside of Floyd, what all does Scott Reeder have going on? At this moment in time, uh, well, I'd had this hand operation last week that prevented me from going to England with Fireball Ministry. They just played their first show last night, and. Oh man, it's killing me not to be on this trip. They went to Stonehenge this morning. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. Jeez. Are you getting the? Stuff. Are you getting the but picture text messages? Is, <laughs> I, I 
couldn't hear you. Are you getting the picture text messages, the wish you were here things from them? Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> um, but th- there's no way I could pull it off right now. Th- this hand surgery is a little more sketchy than I thought. <laughs> um, it's hard to describe. I-, I tried playing bass last night for the first time in like six months. And the best way I can describe it is it's like getting speed wobbles on a skateboard when you go too fast and it Ooh. gets all wobbly. My my um, ring finger is like shaking like that when I put pressure on it. It just starts going crazy. So I've got to really work these muscles and get it stabilized. And i got to be back in business by December 8th. We've got a show. I, I probably shouldn't say where right now. It hasn't been publicized yet. But okay. Um, that's my target date is December 8th to get my shit back together. So that would be your left hand that had the surgery? Well, I'm left-handed, so it's the oh. right hand, my front hand. Gotcha. I was I was uh, assuming there. You got me. <laughs> yep. You got me. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I've never actually paid attention to that. Um, So basically just fireball ministry and recovering from the surgery? Yeah, it's Sun Sail Club. Um, I don't know if you've heard any of that stuff. I, I'm actually in a band with the other Scott Reader from Fu Manchu, the drummer, and Bob Balch from Fu Manchu, and Tony from The Adolescents. And I haven't heard of that. What's the name of it again? Sun and Sail Club. Sun and Sail Club. Is there anything the out yet? Strange, we have two albums out already. No shit. Uh, the first one was without Tony, and we had like robotic voices. It was a vocoder with Bob's guitar going through it. And it was pretty interesting. I loved that stuff. Some people hated the vocoder. But then the second album, we got Tony, and it was more like proggy punk rock. And, man, it's some crazy stuff. We played live a few times uh, a couple years ago. But there's a whole new batch of stuff. I've got the tracks sitting in my studio waiting for me to put bass on them. And I'm just trying to get my hand back in shape and hopefully be able to start working on that shortly. Um, got some other weird bass stuff. I've been doing stuff with this Russian guy, this other bass player, um, Leonid Maximov. And we've recorded two songs so far. One of them got released on this bass player Alliance record with just all kinds of insane bass players. I'm a fan of so many of these guys. Um, Jeff from Six Feet Under helped put together this whole thing. Um, God, it seems like there's a few other projects that are in the works right now, but I'm I'm drawing a blank. I, I've been out of commission for a long time with these operations. Right. Man. I, yeah, we'll have to. I I definitely got to check out that other band. Um. That that, that hand surgery that that sucks, man. That uh, that seems like a massive hindrance to what you got going on. Yeah. But I'm on the mend, and I'm gonna be out there soon. You know. Right. So I see the light at the end of the tunnel, finally. That's that's all you can hope for, I suppose. Shit, there was something I wanted to specifically ask you, and I thought to myself 15 minutes ago I should write this down. You know what? I know what it was. I wanted to wrap this up with a, the fun little conversation to tell everybody how this all kind of came about. Because, you know, we emailed you uh, a while back, and then uh, just this last night, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning to take a leak and saw that I'd gotten an email from Scott Reader at it was like five minutes previous, <laughs> and we had a whole damn conversation at three o'clock in the morning to flesh out this conversation. He's that was remember. last night, huh? Yeah. 
man, I, I was up. I planned on going to bed around 1130, and I was, I turned on the TV, and, and the baseball game was still on. I'm not a big baseball fan, but it was like into the 15th inning of the World Series, and it's like sudden death, so I, I couldn't take my eyes off of that game. Finally, the Dodgers got a home run and ended it. I think it was at the bottom of the 18th inning. It was like <laughs> two baseball games in one. Right. I think it's the world's record for the longest game in the World Series ever. Damn. So yeah, I was up. <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, that's a that's, fun, that's fun, a good fun, thing that came out of baseball. <laughs> exactly. Fun way for yeah. that to have uh, helped us coordinate all this, man. Uh, we appreciate you taking a couple minutes to talk with us about all this, and obviously, you have made Clint's day. I just want to say absolutely, that. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, cheers, cheers, you guys. Um, and yeah, good luck with the recovery from the surgery. Thanks for talking with us, and uh, hopefully, see you out there. Hopefully, see you out there right. sooner or later. All right. Thanks a lot, you guys. Take it easy, Scott. Bye. And that concludes. Hang on, I'm fucking dizzy. <laughs> I gotta I two gotta, of two. I gotta sit down. That's it. Oh That's shit, uh, I am sitting down. I gotta. You gotta shut up. I so need we to can thank all these fucking. I people. need a wider base. I gotta be. All these people have way better things than reply to fourteen thousand emails back and <laughs> forth and a texting, bunch of text messages from my dumbass. Calling these guys, coordinating. They were all fucking awesome. So I, excellent. I can't believe it. Actually, that. Uh, you know, this uh, this was Clint's brainchild, and he texted me, what do you think about doing this? And I said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> It'll never happen. And uh, I think we did it. I Dude. I, Not, and no, you know, obviously, huge thanks to Jad. Jad, absolutely. Couldn't have done it without him. Absolutely. And giving us a heads up and letting us, you know, take a listen and all the good stuff that he's done for us. Uh, hopefully he will, uh, hopefully he will, uh, hopefully this is not the last yes. time we do something cool with him. Yes, our relationship shall carry on if he I allows. So, yes. <laughs> uh, but yes, a big, gigantic thanks to everybody that has dealt with the emails and text messages from us and was cool enough to spend some of their time on a random Saturday in October to talk with us about all this shit. Because, uh, you know, again, these guys have much cooler shit than talking to our dumb asses going on. And uh, we hope that you enjoyed it. Yeah. If I, don't, you did, I don't see how you couldn't. But if you did, let us know. And if you didn't, okay, you can tell us anyway. But yeah. don't. Yeah, no, don't. Oh. Just keep your, because that's the wrong opinion. <laughs> there you go. There you got, there's your Clint for the, <laughs> for the two-part series. But again, thanks to everybody. We're going to jump off here and uh, drink some beer and play some instruments. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, just in case you forgot from whenever, we're still on all the social channels. So were all these bands. You can find all their music on uh, their band campsites. Um, uh, and to name them, uh, that would be Domcraft, Low Flying Hawks, Solace, Moss Generator, ASG, Year of the Cobra, Slim Kings, Scott Reader. Uh, you go back to a previous episode, we had White Nails and Taylor. Oh my God, we forgot about that. That he, yes. uh, White Nails uh, did um, Waiting for the Worms. And he detailed their part in that. We meant to. We go pretty deep. We go a lot deeper in his part than we did in this one because it was a whole separate episode. On that episode, go find that. I don't know what number it is. It says featuring. Yeah, it's like Taylor from White Nails. Yep. And uh, it was it was a worthwhile conversation that totally led the worthwhile. It was an awesome conversation (laughs) that totally led to this in uh, some way, shape, and form. Uh, And again, thanks for everybody that participated. Support the bands. Go find them. They are also on all the social channels. So are we. We're on all the places you find podcasts. I'm going to drink until I talk even less coherently. All right, we're done. Bye-bye.